brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before and all who will come after. J-Ma. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, McLean McGowan. Wherever you are, please take a moment to ground into your body. Even if you have kids hanging around or off you, just take a brief pause. No matter how little or brief the intention to Come back into the parameters of your own body, your own skeleton, your own skin suit can do wonders because especially for us mamas, our days just fly by some days in quite a haze right now. So just stealing these moments to come back into yourself, come back into your breath, looking at where you might be feeling tight or tense, feeling anything in your muscles or your bones. And if you are feeling any constriction, allow the exhale to gently massage those bits out. And coming back into your highest self, your true self, the one not hung up on all the details of keeping everything together all the time keeping your kids on a schedule, keeping everything running along as smoothly as you can during this portal of time, which can be so overwhelming. Allowing yourself to come home, to come back to your true self. Coming back to the fact that your breath is your life. It gives life. It sustains life. And it will help to carry you through all the hardness, the dark times, the light times. But we must come back to it and pay attention. So today as I record this, I am on day one of my own personal moon time, and it's always a really beautiful reminder to allow for myself to slow down, to allow myself to disengage from the outer world as much as I can with two kids and living at my mom's right now. Um, It's a time for me to honor my body. And right now, since the world is so quiet, I'm allowed to do that, so I'm taking advantage of it. Oftentimes, 
it's harder to do, right? When we're running around, when we're working, when we're doing the school run, all the things that we normally do during our busy lives. But I encourage you, if you can, and not all of us can, but if you can, give yourself some love, some true self-love, some true self-care, to rest when you're tired, to not exercise when you don't want to, to really look at what replenishes your body and replenishes your soul so that we can keep going, that you can keep going. And also to not even have that agenda, just to let your body be what it is today without trying to punish it or shapeshift it or control it. So that's my offering for today. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, Brooke Lightstone, who is just a total ray of light. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I recommend that you do. She's at Brooke Lightstone. All of her info will be in the show notes. Um, She is a friend of one of my best friends, and she is just a true, true light, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out with her when I get back to L.A., that's for sure. But through this time and over the past couple of months, I have become more and more disciplined with what I look at, what I listen to, whose voice I am looking to for positive encouragement or affirmation or potent truth bombs as well. Um, Not everything is going to be touchy-feely good during this time because we have to change and we have to uncover and dig through and unlearn a lot of things during this portal of time. But Brooke is truly a light worker. And I say that because she is a mom of two, a wife. She's done all sorts of amazing things in her career. And it's all about bringing light and divine love into her work with mothers and children and bringing it into her home. And that is truly an inspiration to me of um, something I've been personally working on. And then as I share in this episode, seeing her shares then reflect that back to me on the stuff that I've already been working on of really blasting light into my life and my world and my girls and my husband and my family. And um, I think it is not just a cute little trend or a cute little thing to say. It is real to me and true. And I think it can have lasting effects and be a portal for incredible manifestation for all of us if we can tap into it. So um, without further ado, I offer you this podcast interview and I hope that whatever doesn't sit with you moves on by, but whatever does sit with you Please allow that to come into your heart and into your mind and into your family life because we are, as mothers, holding it down right now, especially. We're in like this, you know, hardcore boot camp portal of holding it down as mothers. And it's brave and it's fierce and it's ongoing without many breaks. So I'm holding you all in so much light. I'm here. I'm in it with you. We're all in it together, having good days and bad days and all of it. And, um, you know, we're doing it. We're here and we're doing it and we're going to be better for it. So we just got to hold on to that and know that 
the rest of this year is going to be super intense and probably the next couple of three to four years as well. So really is a time to practice meditation, calming the nervous system through food, herbs, committing to a sleep routine, sleep hygiene, paying attention to what you watch, what you listen to, what you imbibe, what you drink, um, looking at your habits and what may not be serving the highest good right now for yourself. And then having the strength or wherewithal to get support when you need it. So I'm sending love out to all of you today. Jayma. Hi, Brooke. Hello. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today with me. I'm so just honored just to be sharing this time with you. Mm, thank you. And we will be meeting in person <laughs> when I'm back in LA. I feel like all my good friends are moving. So um, hopefully we can hang out. <laughs> I hope so. I don't, I don't move far away before you get back. <laughs> I know. Have you been thinking of that? I have. Hawaii mm-hmm. has been calling me. Um, wow. Yeah, but we'll be here. We'll be in LA for a while. Really, at least a couple months. Hawaii is such a dream of mine. It just <sighs> sounds incredible. What a way to bring your kids up too. Island life sounds mm-hmm. perfect right now. Mm-hmm. So you're just a woman that I've been wanting to have on this podcast because you are such a bearer of light. And I follow you on Instagram. We have a dear friend, Victoria Keen, in common. So she's one of my besties, you know, ride or die. And she just <laughs> speaks so highly of you for years now. And um, I can't believe actually we haven't met in person. But, you know, all in divine timing. But throughout this portal of time since March, when we've entered into this awakening period where everything is shifting so much, I've been really being mindful about who I follow on Instagram, who I watch, you know, how long I've been very disciplined with with my media. Um, But you are someone that I do look at and... um, your feed really speaks to me because it's so honest and grounded and yet all about the light. And I really have through this four month period, um, really like I've known this in my mind for years, but now I'm really incorporating the practice of blasting the light every day for myself, especially, but also my kids and my home and also really getting to the practice of creating in my vision what I want my life to look like and what I want this world to be. And so your presence and then also your, your teachings have really helped that part for me. So thank you. Oh, it's my honor. And I just got chills visualizing you sitting in the middle of your home, just beaming light out into Mm. the world. Oh, wow. That just made my entire week. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And it really does help. I mean, I feel like it helps so much because as I was sharing before we recorded, you know, this year for me personally has been such a year of um, really having my mind expanded and open to the atrocities of the world and our lack of medical freedom now in California, which has got me very fired up. And, and it's so easy to um, just get in anger mode, which I do think anger is an important emotion, but also that doesn't serve me long-term and certainly doesn't serve me as a mother and a wife um, and coming at things from the divine feminine perspective. So right. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, so I, I think all your work is about that. So I'll, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> well, yeah, well, let's just talk about the light um, because the light holds all of it. So, you know, the good feelings that you feel or, or we all feel when we're, you know, being loving and, and covering our children with love and light, um, that love and light holds the anger. It holds all of it. And it was something that I had to, to get very early on in my spiritual journey that you know, this whole love and light thing is not just about feeling good. It's about welcoming everything, about holding all of it. And so that's what the divine feminine is. It's the holding of every feeling, every experience, every aspect of who we are as women. And that includes that rage, that anger, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can harness, just learn to harness this anger, because it's just fire, it's shakti, it's, it's, it's the fierce feminine, which is very much needed. Yeah. And I'd say so that powerful. the fierce, right? It, it holds the courageousness and the compassion. It holds the courageousness and the compassion. And so that sacred anger is just fire and it just burns the heart wide open, right? So you learn to harness it. And let it alchemize your heart. And then it will ask you, what will you do to stand for the suffering? What will you do to stand for oppression? Because I'd say that sacred rage is just a reaction of an oppressed heart. It's just the reaction of an oppressed heart. And we, I'd say even, and thank you for bringing up like, Instagram or, or platforms or the media and how they will portray different aspects of women. Like we can think about the crone, right? Or the woman that's, you know, thought of as this wise woman that can, you know, be shadowy and hold all the anger. But this woman is in us now. We don't have to be 60, 70 years old. Like this wise woman who can harness the anger and get into action and pull back into love, back into compassion. Yeah, I mean, that can go on and on. It's just, sacred rage is a part of it. It's just a part of the divine feminine, just like the light and the love. I love that that's such a reframe because I think, you know, I'm a Southern girl. I, am, I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser. And so much of my healing, actually, it's so interesting is allowing myself to have gotten angry. And you know, this year, this past year has been a lot of burning off of that. And I'm also 42, which I think at 40, there's a real line in the sand when you're a woman and you're just like, oh, wow. Okay. I don't give a fuck anymore. You know, like, and then I've heard 50 is like the next level. <laughs> My 50 year old friends are like, just wait. Um, but I love that, that it's sacred and it is part of our experience and anger is so important. And a lot of us, we have been taught that anger is such a negative and just that vision. I'm going to really carry that with me. That light is all of it. And that's just so important because we aren't taught that we aren't taught that all the range of our emotions are needed and wanted and accepted. You know, it's all part of us. And something I talk a lot about on this podcast is as a vessel, as our human vessel, we are all the different chapters of our lives in one. You know, I'm the toddler, I'm the tween, I'm the teenager, I'm the 20-year-old, I'm the 30-year-old, I'm the 40-year-old, and that'll go on. But 
you know, I already do, like you were saying, have that crone energy within me too, you know, and then when I'm at that age, it'll be a next level of it. But we are such expansive, multidimensional people. And I think that keeps growing too, as we, as we step into this awakened portal. And I was, it's so interesting. I was reading this book yesterday and it was all about talking about the 40 year old line of demarcation at 40 and after as women, we really step into um, really kind of like rising up to the occasion of our goddess energy, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely can relate to that. I'd say even thirties mm-hmm. could be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I think one of the, one of the key aspects of stepping into like the goddess energy is the ability to hold space for others. Like it's something that shifts there where you are able to hold more. And as mothers, I mean, we're Mm -hmm. holding space all the time, but like really that, that consciousness of, wow, I'm just going to be in my feminine and hold space for you son or daughter, Mm -hmm. as you have this full tantrum or you're going through this full anger, I'm just going to sit and hold, right? Yeah. That to me is goddess energy. That's really like embodiment of of what the goddess is. And you know what? I don't know if it's either a a product of of age or or motherhood. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they, they, yeah, they're, they're interwoven. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause I that, think, that maiden's mother, that port, I mean, that's just so huge to be able to hold space like that. You're like, Oh, right. <laughs> that's what this is. Okay. You know, yeah. it's just every day. It's kind of, you learn just to stretch more and more and more. And I think really the expansion and consciousness on how you're holding, because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know how to be angry or sad or without wanting someone to fix it or trying to fix it in others. And it wasn't until I started to work with women and mothers where, you know, I let people have it. I let people have their feelings. And then finally my children like, okay, you're having this. I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm holding and that's it. Right. Yeah. Just that's the divine feminine in, in a nutshell. Right. Just mm-hmm. all of it. In one container, I'm, I'm going to sit and hold it. And I think it's just so, during this time, you know, accepting all parts of ourselves, all of our feelings. I mean, I don't know about you, but just in the last week, I, I'm going through five different personalities, you know, five different states of beings, like in an hour, mm-hmm. right? The upgrades so are much. real. Yeah. 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 And how are you how are you comforting yourself or how are you getting through that? Or what are the practices that you do to hold space for yourself and then also, you know, be able to function? Yeah. Um, I, I'm very disciplined when it comes to my practices. Like, like you said, just to be able to function, like I'm in quarantine with my children. So I'm literally like, it feels like I'm with them 24 seven with no break. And right away, um, when we went into this lockdown, I thought, okay, I better, you know, get strapped up because this is going to (laughs) be quite interesting. Um, But I'd say that one of the biggest practices um, that I have is working with the light. Um, I'm working with it all day just to fill me up. I'll visualize different colors of light for different things. Like, you know, for me, um, 
you know, the green ray represents love. So I'm every morning I visualize that filling up my heart and then I spread it out into my home, into my children, and then out into the world. Um, I work with the angels like nobody's business. Amazing. I want to know more <laughs> I mean, about that. Yeah. Um, I work with a team of them, not just with my work. It's, we can have that conversation as well. But in my home, um, you know, working with Archangel Michael to, to protect the space. I have empath children and I'm an empath as well. Um, Archangel Metatron also works with my children because they're sensitive. And Archangel Gabriel just calms the, the environment down so we can have a peaceful day. And then there's Jophiel who brings beauty into the home and joy. And I'm all about raising the joy quotient in my home. I just want, like, bring on the joy. Um, so I'd say those are the, the main angels. And what's really interesting um, is that there, are, uh, there is a divine feminine counterpart to each angel. Um, for example, like Raphael, who helps me a lot with my work with children and mothers, Lady uh, Mary, which is uh, like the female counterpart of, of Archangel Raphael, is all about unconditional love. And she helps me keep my heart open, okay? Because for me, like uh, a well-lived life is having this open heart, right? Like to live with an open heart is a courageous act. And like when I look back on my legacy, like I, that's what I want to be known for is this, just this open-hearted woman. So, so having beautiful. this team and calling on them, right? Because let me tell you something, as mothers, asking for help is an advanced practice. We can forget, like, just, you can ask for help, whether it's, you know, on a human level, but I'm talking about spiritual assistance. I'm calling on it all day. Like, I need more light. Please help me with this. Okay, be me with this all day long, just to be able to function as a human being. So, you know, between that, um, the daily meditation practice, and then sound. I'd say that sound is one of the greatest modalities um, for this time, whether you're using, you know, healing sound or self-sound, the chanting, the humming um, has been quite healing for me as well. I can go Beautiful. on and on, but I'd say those are the, the key. Do you do, just personally, I'm going to interject, do you do healing sessions with the angels? Like if I wanted to learn more about the angel work? I do. So I do angel healings and um, I mainly, I, you know, I work with a lot of sick children. Let's say that children that are in comas or, or hospitalized um, and then also mothers, prenatal, postnatal um, and just, you know, mothers and, and teenagers. But the angels will overlight me. Um, so they work through me and um, it kind of just feels like um, I'm just watching um, mm. them. Uh, heal people. I've, I've seen them give light transfusions down people's spines. You know, it's been um, uh, just a complete miracle and a, a privilege to, to do that, the type of work. Yeah. Incredible. I learned about all the angels you mentioned um, during my crystal training, but, okay. and I, you know, I pray to those, but I want to, I want to delve deeper into the angel work because I so believe in it. I think, yeah. I, I think it's just, um, I could be tapping into that kind of work more. I so, had a, um, a near death experience uh, with my son. Uh, oh my God. And I had already been working with them um, 
I'm 43, so I started on my path in my early 20s. Um, so I've been working with him for a while, but it wasn't until he went through that and he was just two, you know, oh my gosh. Um, that Archangel Gabriel really revealed, you know, herself to me. And um, I was, I magically had all these, you know, abilities and it just really accelerated from there. So I, I did want to share that because, you know, that happened. And um, it, wow. it really opened me up to so much more. Was he sick or was it an accident? Oh, no, he was sick. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so sorry. How old are your kids now? They're three and five. Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's real, real lockdown. <laughs> three uh, and five year old. <laughs> yeah. That's why the angels. That's why. <laughs> and then, you know, speaking of the rage, um, from before, how do you, because like for me, it's so easy or not easy, but it's easier for me to bring that divine feminine work to my children, right? They're my babies. Pure light love can be harder with my partner when we're coming up against, you know, um, topics that are very challenging or we're on other sides of the fence, which I'm also speaking for a lot of listeners because I get a lot of messages about how do I navigate this time? with my partner, my husband, that's really on the opposite side of the continuum for me right now. Like, yeah. do you, cause it feels like, um, in our normal lives, we have all these different tools. We're out and about, we have our work. And then now during quarantine, and obviously we're in this portal of change where so many structures, so many mindsets are being dismantled and cracked and coming down. Um, and we're all learning so much more about ourselves. And so hence sometimes couples are on, complete different trajectories. Yeah. Do you have any kind of Ooh, advice I'm, I'm for that? that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, it, it's going to just go back to the heart work, right? Cause we're just dealing with our personalities at this right. point. Yeah. It's all love, but really you're, you're asking me a personality question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give two practices and let me just first acknowledge that it's not easy being in quarantine with, with your partner, regardless if you're super in love and all of that, like it's, it's just challenging, you yeah. know, there's no getting around that. And it's, um, I say, a, an initiation of the heart just to be able to navigate this time with in partnership. I'm just kind of done talking to my husband about things. So, uh, <laughs> what I do now I love you. <laughs> is I want to talk to his angels or his higher self. And so what I'll do is I will close my eyes and visualize a conversation of me sitting in front of him with his higher self behind him. And I'm giving it all to his higher self. And then I wait for some answers back. And I continue to do that until I'm less mad. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, all, I always get some, something back. Right. And it's usually more about me. And, and what I'm sitting with and what needs to transform in me, right? Because that's really what we're always dealing with. It's always us, even though the finger can do a lot of pointing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that practice. The other form of that practice is me writing to my husband's angels, asking, you know, you know, please have him do this. It starts that way. Like, I need him to do this. He's not listening. And then it kind of like, when you write the letter, it starts to become more, you know, heart centered and you get to the point of seeing like, oh no, this is like about me. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, just these practices to kind of get it out before you mm -hmm. 
uh, dump it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. I love that. And, and then embodiment. So like you said, you know, I have some history, like you said, about being Southern and a people pleaser. I think that thread, you know, really runs with most women of just kind of separating ourselves from our feelings or just kind of pushing them down, putting them to the side. I like to embody it. I like, to, and that's the way to really say this through the body so it doesn't get stored in the body. So I will put on a song and I will dance whatever the problem is on my side, <laughs> what I think, and then dance his side and just keep going back and forth until I can get into one, one love, one space. So I know these practices sound, you know, simple, especially when you have an issue, but if you can channel it into a, a body related practice, mm -hmm. it really does make, make all the difference. Mm, I love that dancing piece because we can just get so stuck in our head going back and forth, yeah. our minds, just the ego, just in this constant yeah. blast attack. About being right, right? Yeah. It's about being right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. And my husband and I are both very stubborn. We're both like <laughs> vying for that alpha spot. So <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because I think that is so much of what's going on right now with the women I know. It's just, it's exhausting. And it's so, um, at least I can speak for myself. When you get in the ram head, it's just exhausting to your soul and your heart, you know, and it just adds this whole level of kind of sadness, you know, and extra strain. So I love speaking to that, that person's higher self. Yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, like I said, I just, I'm kind of done mm -hmm. talking to my husband about the same yeah. thing over and over, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we all have those certain topics that it's just like you're stuck in that cycle. It's like no more, no more talking's getting anything done. <laughs> I mean, at this time, it's a very different yeah, time. It is. We just need different, different tools. Totally. At this, at this point in time, yeah. Totally. And um, you have done so many amazing different things. I was just reading through your whole website, and I wanted to ask you about growing up in the Agape Church and yeah. what that was like. Are you from LA? I am. I am oh, from here. Native. Um, so my best friend's mother uh, is a reverend at Agape. And um, just because the nature of my home environment um, didn't really match who I was, I spent most of my time living with my best friend. Oh. Um, and her mother, like I said, became a reverend and one of the founding members of Agape. Um, and she had this magical library. Like there's no way to describe what, what her library of books look like, you know, as me as a 17 year old girl. Um, I mean, to put it like this, I went to college with one of her books in my bag, which was a book called Creative Visualization by Shakti Gwang. Okay. Like those are the kind of books that I was reading. She had uh, books by Sanaya Romain, like so, so many beautiful books that were all about metaphysics and uh, being a light worker. Uh, and uh, just being a spiritual change agent, I learned everything from that bookshelf. Um, and Incredible. then out of college, uh, you know, her, her mother started the, the school at Agape. Um, so I just had access to all of these classes. Um, I was very blessed to, to know that family. Um, and because my family, um, my, my father's side was, you know, very religious um, and that didn't really aligned to who I was. Um, 
And my mother was just going through a, a depression and a number of things that uh, made me feel uh, just very um, sad all the time. Like I didn't want to be in that vibration. Um, and so I, I, I'm, it was a miracle to, wow. to be living with that family. Yeah. So beautiful. I just started going... I don't even remember. Time is so nonlinear for me right now. Maybe in like January, December, to Agape and taking the girls. And it was so beautiful. I, I look forward yeah. to going back because it's so joyous and uplifting and you dance and you sing and it just feels so community-based, which um, is really lacking in so many practices. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think for me, like growing up um, in a, my, my grandfather was a preacher um, and, and he was abusive. So it, it was just hard for me to like have him lay hands on me and do all this thing. And like, as a seven year old kind of put all of that together, mm -hmm. um, and feel like, wait, something's not right. right here. And then have like an experience at Agape where everything is love, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, like I said, it was just a huge blessing. I love that. And so how are you kind of showing up with your work these days? I mean, obviously we're in quarantine, so things are changing. Um, but what is it, like, what do you feel like your, your main offerings or callings are right now? Um, I have to say that I love my work and I love just the, the nature of like holding children. Um, and when I work with mothers, not only am I working with the angels, like, you know, I do a, a lot of touching. We're just, I'm touching women and we're, I'm hugging, I'm, I'm like holding them through movement. And the fact that I can't do this right now has just been really challenging. Um, and so now I have done a lot of distance healings um, just for a number of people. There are a lot of people that are not well um, and not just, um, you know, on a physical level, just mentally. Um, and I think we tend to forget that, you know, there's just like a lot of information online. Um, but not everybody is, is doing okay um, mentally. So I've been doing um, uh, online healings, um, you know, via Zoom. And a lot of people are going through uh, upgrades and um, yeah. spiritual awakenings. Um, so helping everyone along with, you know, the angels just to anchor in this new level of light. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it doesn't always look like that, um, but just as... There's so much chaos in this world. Um, there is a network of God light that's anchoring on this earth plane. And so my sessions, um, when people come to me, uh, have been about that. And then on the other side of that, there's a lot of children that are feeling everything. I mean, and, and this goes all the way to, to children in utero. And children in utero will contact me telepathically. And, and then the mom will end up calling me. So it's just a lot mm. of souls just needing um assistance it's very hard for sensitive souls to be here on this planet right now yeah you know and so it's just an honor to um i don't know just spread love and um yeah. just love everybody yeah totally wow that's so beautiful i love your work really bringing the light to all the levels and yeah. is that something you looked at learning more how to do or was that just a god-given gift that you've had to be able to connect with babies like that um it actually got amplified during the the near-death experience um it it 
it happened it happened more with women um but with babies in utero it completely amplified in the near-death experience i was in the icu with with uh, my son and i'm i was definitely afraid of hospitals at that point like i was anti-hospital home birth you know advocate um and i saw many children in incubators and mothers that looked completely devastated. Um, and so I started to heal everybody in the hospital. Um, and then after that, I could, I can just hear completely. Um, so that, that happened that way. Um, yeah. Wow. (laughs) What were your own personal births like? Oh, they were highly traumatic. Oh, yeah. They were highly traumatic and, um, emergency C-sections. Um, and I think, you know, like, you know, during this time of, of supporting, um, you know, the sacredness of, of Black lives, I think for me, um, Black maternal health has just been at the mm-hmm. forefront of my mind. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you know this, like the maternal mortality rate for, for Black women is like four times that of white women. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking of my birth. I was telling my husband, if, if everything wasn't aligned the way it was, and I had a highly privileged birth. I mean, my midwife is best friends with the head nurse uh, at Cedars, right? So I was able to like just zoom in there. And then my, my um, OBGYN, he is head of the department of, of Cedars. So he just happened to be walking down, you know, the hallway when I was wheeled in. Were you with Davey? Blue. No, no, Dr. Chen. All right. But who so, was your midwife? Um, uh, Oh my gosh, I've already forgotten her name. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> It'll come back later. Maybe. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, like totally blocked it out with all the other uh, yeah. trauma. But yeah, I spent probably half the year after my birth asking my husband what happened. Oh. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And, and so I just, like during this time, I've been really like wanting to support midwives, you know, black doulas. Um, it's just been a, a really big thing for me. And then, the second birth was another C-section, but definitely not in, in the same um, kind of trauma-based mm-hmm. situation. Um, but they were fine, you know, and I, I do it five more times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, and love babies. Do you think you'll have more? I want to have one more. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely want to do it. Uh, I have to have the right team, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, there is one more soul that, that wants to come through. And I, I don't know, some, I, I have a lot of friends that are intuitive. They were like, Oh, you know, so many kids want to be, you know, in your life. And, um, you know, it's mainly all boys because of the divine masculine healing right now. And mm. I'm like, Oh man, I have a lot of boys at home. So, <laughs> you know, like, that's a lot of boy energy. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. It is, yeah. it is such a huge problem and issue, um, the birthing scene right now. I was actually just posted a lot of those statistics um, before I got on this call with you. Um, it's, and it's something you know we've all known, but I'm glad, I'm really grateful that it is being called to the forefront. And yeah. it, it comes on a lot of um, responsibility really for the white birth workers to figure out ways to be of 
better support and service to black midwives and, uh, and doulas too. So when I go back to LA, I'm definitely figuring out more of that, um, that piece because it is, um, it's huge and it's real and it's horrible. I mean, it's horrific uh, the way that we birth in America, um, for all women, but especially if your skin isn't white and you know, that's, it's like how many white women do I know that have had horrible traumatic births and misaligned medical treatment? So it's like past that, you know, to the nth degree of women of color. So it's um, it's a real healing the divine feminine of also changing our society's look of everyone literally comes from a mother and a woman. So how, you know, it's like, I get so frustrated. Like, how do we even get to this place? It's like... um. Yeah, it makes no sense, but there there needs to be a reckoning and a revolution and healing the past generations because it's it's just such a deep wound. Yeah, let, let's talk about that 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 healing the past generations because I get a lot of questions about about what that means, and I think what's really hard about this time is that we're all owning our ancestral inheritance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are like, no, no, that's not me. You know, that's not who I am. Yet, you know, the past, your your ancestors, your lineage, what's not resolved is present. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I have many, I have white, a white lineage. I have black lineage. I have Native American lineage. And, you know, I'm going after all of it. I'm going mm-hmm. after any areas that I see that are, are misaligned because it's not going to be carried forth. For example, there is a through line, um, and I, I have the names of, of my mother's, uh, my mother lineage seven generations back, right? And when I started to look, and I, and I realize I'm intuitive, so I can see more, but let, let me just get to the point that there is a through line of, 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 violence, of domestic violence, of sexual abuse that runs all the way through, okay? And because of what's been amplified, you know, during the Black Lives Movement, I've really been taking a, a look at, at just my, my legacy, you know, from, from my lineage and just clearing that work. And so when I get messages about like, you know, should I help what, you know, help fight racism because it seems like this is a political, you know, propaganda thing or people talk to me about deep state or, or conspiracy, this or that. It's an opportunity like to really clean up the past, right? And, and whether or not you're of color or you're white, if there is hate or apathy in your lineage, if there is oppression or abuse in your lineage, like you have a great opportunity to clear yeah. and to upgrade. Mm-hmm. It's powerful work and it's not pretty. It's not, it's not pretty, but it, on the other side, it, it is, there is freedom. And again, it's, it's this open heartedness, right? Because you're dealing with a, a lineage of broken hearts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So for someone listening to this right now who has that, has abuse um, and knowingly, but maybe doesn't know the details or doesn't even know the names of their people, how, how can we bring that light or that healing into our lives? Is it simply just prayer or blasting the light or what are some tools that people could use for that? I, I think all of it. And I think, you know, it's, it's, 
time to look into who can help me with ancestral healing. I think it's, it's asking yourself, like, what am I really willing to do during this time, right? Um, the inner work, like you're saying, the ancestral healing, um, the praying, the blasting the light, you know, sitting and visualizing uh, your line of ancestors and blasting them with light and, and really asking yourself, like, what heart am I going to bring forth during this time? Mm-hmm. Who am I going to be in this time? And from that space, creating a legacy of love for your family. Yeah. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about legacy. Yeah. And how beautiful that we right now living currently have the power to do that. You know, we have the voice, we have the tools. If we don't know the tools, we can reach out to people like you that do have them. Yeah. And really, I mean, it gives me chill bumps just to think the, the power that we have to heal our our families and our ancestors back, you know, and, right. and, and they, even if we don't know the details, they did so much for us to be alive here, you know? Yeah. And so it really is a gift that we can heal the past and then also heal the future for our own children. And I do think that when you have your own kids, it really puts fire under your ass to make those, um, those family curses or habits or patterns or addictions Really, you want them to end with you. You know, you don't want, we don't want to pass it on to our babies. So it's such powerful work and timing. Yeah. And then, and then having the the courage to raise love warriors, Mm -hmm. you know, creating, you know, a life of diversity and inclusivity, inclusivity Mm -hmm. and all of it. So it, it's just, it's just about the hard work. I keep going back to that, you know, and, you can again create this this new lineage of love, mm-hmm. and it is all changing. I mean, I think I saw some statistics last week where um, white people are the minority now. You know, in the United States, yeah. which like, thank God, like it's time for some tables <laughs> to be turning. You know, and that's real uncomfortable for the the people in power, you know, it's like this white knuckling, which I feel like so much of the past couple of years, it's just that white knuckling of like holding on because it's going to fall, you know, it's all changing. Yeah. It, everything is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and without getting too deep into, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you to go into whatever you want, but no pressure on you <laughs> to go deep into your own political views or, or those kinds of things. But just kind of like as a general, or you can get specific, but how are you seeing what's going on right now? Like, how do you view, how do you wrap your head around what's happening? Um, yeah, it, I think, um, right now, are we speaking like spiritually or socially or all of it? All of it. Okay. Whatever you Um, feel like sharing. Okay. So I'm going to, from where I sit and for who I am, what I see right now is um, we are transforming what it means to be human, right? And as the third dimensional chaos um, is amplified, um, I feel like the darkness is having its last stand. That's what I feel. And um, the oppression is being um, revealed and amplified and the systems that are out of balance are being amplified um, for this great transformation. Um, And all of it 
is making us more human. And I feel that it is upgrading our connection to our heart space. And again, that there is a new level of God light that is surrounding us for our ascension. There is a great awakening that's happening. And what's necessary is that Black, Indigenous, Brown, um, marginalized people are honored and loved. And so basically it's a global change of heart that needs to to unfold. It is um, a reckoning with the past on on all levels. And so that's how um, I see things. And there is a great opportunity right now to heal, to ascend, um, and to open your heart and share and give, right? And I think there is a lot of, you know, things that are going on politically. And I think there is a lot of manipulation and control, you know, just a lot of uh, untruths that are, that are happening. And at the same time, um, there is just a great access to spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. So I've been really living in the both. Like Mm -hmm. there's this and there's that. Um, I don't think it's one way. Really uh, understanding what it means to honor the land and its people. And I think everyone no matter where you sit, we'll, we'll be getting a whiff of what that is and what that, what that entails. That is going to be the call of being human is to honor the land and its people. And that has not been happening at all. It's, it's not easy for me to speak about what's going on because I feel it and I can see it. But I can say this. Um, our hearts are being upgraded. I can just say that our hearts are being upgraded and some will say yes to it uh, willingly and, and it will just happen to others and it, and it won't be pretty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's the easiest way I can can put it. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's a beautiful description. And there are a lot of souls leaving, you know, um, not even having to do with COVID, you know, whether they're, It's just they're they're out. They're not up for the the challenge, or they're going to help us from the other side. Yeah, and I get a lot of communication. Um, yeah, it's, I've I've gotten way more communication than I ever have um, from people on the other side. And you know, I'm just like everyone else. I'm going through this ascension too. So I was in my teepee crying, and um, someone that that I know that has passed just you know came to me in the midst of me going through my stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the veil is so thin now. Mm-hmm. And yes, people are exiting and many babies are entering, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, so many babies. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because I can't work in person right now. I've so, I've so many people reaching out to me for work and I'm just like, ah, it's wild. It's wild, the amount of babies. Yeah, it's... Uh, We'll have to trust that these new babies of light uh, can mm-hmm. can manage on their own until you can get your yeah. hands on the mama. <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful time to become a mom. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to hold because it's not what we were expecting. But I think, you know, it all happens in divine timing. So it's like, okay, rock and roll. This is when these babies wanted to come in. I think that these new mothers are are warriors. Yeah. You know, and and birthing these these new babies of light is going to take mm-hmm. a level of strength. So. Yeah. Just very proud of, of, of mothers right Me now. Me too. I know. Yeah. I know. It's it's really it's really powerful. Yeah. Is there anything that I mean I feel like you, we've covered so much and you've you've brought just so much great things for me to ponder and meditate on. Is there anything that you feel called to share for for moms right now to keep up or for white women to become better allies or just anything that's kind of on your heart that that we can take with us? I think um, I'll say, you know, for white women, um, just again, to be doing the inner work and um, to ask yourself, you know, what legacy do I want to create for my family? And from that space, um, you know, share your resources, whether it's time or money, whatever resource you have to share with the marginalized. Yeah. I think that would be, you know, quite helpful. Um, I, you know, social media is great. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of done with the memes. Yeah. And, and that it's like, what actions can we take? And, and not the kind of actions that can't be sustained, right? Thinking of like, how do I embed this in, into my family's culture? Mm-hmm. And educating your children about the beauty of, of Black, Indigenous, Brown people, people of color. Not just, you know, the abuses and the oppression, but the beauty, the richness, and then creating your environment with diversity. I grew up on a block with every race. That's how I was raised, right? Mm-hmm. My mother did that on purpose yeah, I so that, that. I, can, I can love everyone. My clients are every religion, every race, every age, because that's at, at the core of who I am. And so when you create environments for your children like that, that's what they value. And that's what they look for. So you want to have inclusive environments. And I say, just remember your, the love in your heart, the power of your beautiful heart, that you have so much love to give to yourself, your family, and to the world, that your unique heart is needed on this planet during this time. Just, I want everyone to know that, that, that your love is needed. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I think we can, we can go out on that. That's just a, yeah. a beautiful place to end. And um, thank you so much for saying yes and showing up and, and just for blasting your light continuously. I know it's a lot of work and um, it's definitely working and it's helping. So thank you. Thank you so much. So much love to you, sister. You too. I look forward to seeing you soon in person. Yes. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.